Welcome to Sap's Quest, a solo RPG actual play podcast. I am your host, GM, and solo player, Sap, and this is my quest. The following podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Sap's Quest. So here's the deal. It's been probably two months since I recorded the previous episode. You guys probably won't notice that because I will upload these pretty close together. (laughs) At least for the first couple of episodes. But that means that I've forgotten a lot of stuff that happened before. And it also means that... Even though I looked back and listened to the previous recordings, there might be a few changes, we could call it that. Um, If there isn't a changes, that's just how it's going to be, because I'm doing this for fun, um, and I'm no expert. There are several pods out there that probably hold a higher quality than mine. I just do what I do, and I hope people like it. Anyway, uh, where we left off last time, if I remember correctly, was that there was a news report showing a vault that Hex is very much inclined to go and check out. Before that, he needs to get to the uh, hardware store and grab some stuff. And he also needs to get back to the police station and get access to or find whoever the mole is, so he can get access to the injured individual that he brought to the settlement, because he really needs to speak to him. Honestly, I can't remember why he wanted to speak to him, so I have to go back and listen to that. It has also come to my attention that I have not been... I haven't been saying what characters look like, uh, the NPCs, so I will try and do that in the future so you know a a short explanation of what the uh, what the NPCs are for example the police chief Krull is an insectoid the passenger we brought with us the injured passenger we don't know what race he is because he had a helmet and a full suit spacesuit on so we have and we didn't remove that, so we don't know what it, what he is or she is. We don't even know if it's a he or she. If I remember, if I remember correctly, English is hard today. So yeah, in future installments of the show, I will try to give brief explanations of what NPCs or other character looks like, uh, even mobs uh, like the little alien creatures. I should probably be more explicit in explaining what they look like. Uh, in those cases that I know in my mind what they look like. That might not always be the case, and if it's not, well, that's just how it's going to be. But I can say that they won't be human, and if they are human, trust me, it's going to be a big deal. Other than that, I don't think I have much more to add, so let's just get back into the action. 
Last time we saw Hex and Cory. They had just watched the news about the vault and they were heading towards the hardware store. So that's where we pick up the story. Hex and Cory get themselves over to the hardware store and they walk inside and have a look around. There are all the things hardware store usually have, all the tools, all the screws and gears and drills and everything you need. But Hex is not interested in any of that, so he walks over to the to the place where they have steel ball bearings and picks up a box or maybe two and walks over to the checkout. He pays for his stuff and walks out. As Hex leaves the store, the little button that he got from the police department starts to vibrate and glow. He looks down and turns it off. He turns to uh, to Corey and he says that, "Oh, okay, Corey. Seems that they're ready for us now. So I think we should head back to to the police department." and see what they got to offer and Corey does his little just spin as he usually does when he doesn't have too much to say and they head back to the uh, the train station get on the train and gets back to to the right district and heads into the police station he asks to see crawl and the officer in at the desk points him in the right, the right direction and off he goes. He walks up a few stairs and gets to an office with the with the name Crawl on it and he knocks on the door and the voice inside tells him to enter. And so he does. Inside, Crawl is sitting at his desk. He got a bunch of paperwork and all of his very many eyes. Uh, as I mentioned before, Krull is an insectoid, so he got at least, uh, I don't know, 100 eyes in his face. He looks a little bit like a like a fly. Um, anyway, he um, got a lot of paperwork. He's filling things in, and when Hicks walks into to the room, he looks up and he tells him to have a seat. Because Hex really wants to get to the vault, he doesn't feel like wasting any time, so he looks up at Krull and he just say that, alright, so this button started to glow and vibrate and you told me to get here when it did, so what's going on? Kroll looks back at him and and he says, Well, first of all, I would like to let you know that the wounded man you brought us, uh, he's recovered nicely. We have stabilized him and even though he's not awake, all his uh, values seems to be going the right way. Well, thank you. Hex answers, and Kroll continues 
Now, about this little problem we discussed uh, last time we met, just a couple of hours ago. We have managed to procure a key card for you. Uh, a key card that will uh, give you access to the buildings. Uh, um, well, almost all floors, uh, not the, uh, the most uh, secure ones, of course, but uh, you will have access to um, most uh, of the building and you can uh, take a look at, well, everything you like, all desks and all personnel. Now, the thing is that we don't really know why someone like you would be here and doing this without tipping off the mole. So, if anyone asks, you're simply here for uh, maintaining the uh, the servers and uh, such things. So, I think that would be a good enough cover-up for why you are at people's desks and why you're checking their computers and, and things like uh, that and that nature. Um, yes. I think that is the. Uh, I think that is a good plan. Hicks uh, grabs the key card and puts it in his pocket, and stands up, and he asks, "So, am I free to do this my way?" And Krull looks up at him, and he looks a little bit confused at first, but then he answers that, mm, "Yes, I think, um, I think you uh, know what you're doing." So. Uh, Feel free, do it your way, but please do not disturb the peace, uh, if at all possible. And Hex uh, gives him a, a mischievous smile, and he says that, Well, thank you. I'll get started right away. Krull nods and says, Good luck uh, with your endeavors. And Hex leaves the room. So I think that we learned a few things here. Uh, first of all, we learned that the wounded is recovering nicely. So I'm actually going to mark progress on get the wound to safety. And that puts us at 8. With a progress of 8, I think we're actually ready to fulfill that bow. Even though we're not finished with that particular storyline I, th I still think we can fulfill the vow and then from there get back to the story when it makes sense so I'm going to roll 2d10 versus the 8 that's a 4 and a 6 for a strong hit that's fantastic so on a strong hit, your vow is fulfilled. Mark reward on your quest legacy track per the vow's rank. This was a dangerous vow. So on a dangerous vow, I get two ticks. So I'm filling in the two ticks, putting us at a total of three ticks, which is great. One more and I think we level up. I actually have to read up on those rules because I can't really remember. But I think that if you get four ticks, uh, you cover a full box. And if you cover a full box, you level up and you get two EXPs that you can spend on things like more assets or 
to upgrade an asset and I think I'm actually wanting to uh, upgrade coin shot because I like I like coin shot it's my custom one so I'm a little bit biased but we'll see when we get there I also think that it's time for us to roll a gather information to see if we can find anything that leads us in the right direction so here we go that's a six on the action die and a three and an eight on the challenge dies for a weak hit on a weak hit the information provided the information provides new insight but also complicates your quest envision what you discover then take plus one momentum well we can take the plus one momentum that puts us at a 10 so we are at maximum momentum which probably is a waste i guess we could actually use that momentum uh, putting us as two to make it a strong hit with the nine yeah I think we're gonna do that so skip that uh, we were on a nine we're gonna uh, reset to number two we're burning our momentum to get a strong hit then we get plus two momentum from the strong hit so you discover something helpful and specific the path you must follow or action you must take to make progress is made clear envision what you learn then take plus two momentum so we are at four momentum at the moment so I think the strong hit means that we basically hit a jackpot right right away uh, Hex walks up to the uh, fifth floor where the police officers have their cubicles or something similar to it and Hex blips his uh, key card he walks inside and he more or less just takes a empty desk and walks over to it and power on the, uh, the screen and he starts to go through uh, browsing history and things like that but most importantly, he, he also checks the, uh, the personal belongings uh, on the desk and he noticed a piece of paper with a symbol on it. The symbol is a, it looks like a snake or something scaly with the, its jaws open, uh, ready to strike. And on the back, there is just a name, nothing else. And that name is Grugmi. Could we be that lucky that Grugmi is somehow part of this, uh, some of the gangs that is causing trouble for the police? I think we should ask the Oracle about that. But we don't know, so I'm gonna say 50-50. 53, so yes. This uh, individual are somehow connected with the gangs that are causing trouble for the police department in this area. Or on the satellite and slash settlement. So, that's great. I think we need to... Uh, the next step is to figure out 
who this Grugmi really is. But I think that this is a milestone, so I'm gonna mark progress on Rat Out the Mole, putting us on two, because this is a dangerous bow. And from there, Hex is moving out outside the police department and getting into, we could say, the slums to try and find out who Grugmi really is. When Hex arrives at the, at the slums, he feels immediately more comfortable and more at home because he's more used to this sort of settlements because most settlements in the outlands are either very new or almost abandoned and even though more and more uh, people push it, push their way into the outlands it's still it's still largely unexplored uh, and we have the expanse outside of the outlands that it's even that it's even worse but most people want to be in the terminus. It's that place is more homey, I guess we could call it. There's a lot of uh, pathways that are explored and everything. But anyway, we are in the outlands, and most settlements here are small and scattered and pretty beaten up. Uh, it's an it's it's a harsh harsh environment overall. Uh, and as Hicks comes here, he feels more at home because he was probably brought up on a one of these outlands, uh, one of the settlements in the outlands. Uh, anyway, Hicks gets there and immediately he starts to looking for clues and asking around, trying to figure out who this Grugmi really is. So I think it's time for us to gather some information. So that's a wits roll. So here we go. That's a seven on the action die and a three and an eight on the challenge dice for a weak hit. On a weak hit, the information provides new insight, but also complicates your quest. Envision what you discover, then take plus one momentum. So we're gonna grab one momentum to begin with. And then we have to envision what we discover. I think that Hex discovers who Grugmi is. And I think he gets some basic information about him. So let's roll on that and see who Grugmi is. So I think we start rolling on what kind of race he is. A nine. That's a living metal. Living metal. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know what that will entail for later on. So let's roll on the first look and see what we get. 13 is alluring. Okay, that's interesting. We will not roll on initial disposition because I find I think that's. I don't think that's gonna work right now but we can give him a character role 
31. He is a guard. Okay, so maybe he is a guard or an enforcer for this criminal gang. Next, we're going to roll on the character goal. I don't think that Hex actually knows what the character goal is, but we're still going to roll on it to see how it will act later on. 79. That's undermine a relationship. Hmm. Well, that's going to be interesting. If it ever comes into play, that is. Uh, okay, so we're going to roll finally on reveal character aspects. So here we go. 85. Stubborn. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense that a an enforcer for a criminal gang would be stubborn. But I think that uh, we should give him one more. 35. He's dying. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So he's dying. So I think that he might he might just do this because he he needs the money to maybe set up his family when he's gone. I don't know. We'll see when we when we get to him. We can ask him about it. But it turns out that Grogmi might actually be a more interesting character than I first thought he was going to be. So I'm looking forward to finding him and meeting him. But we did roll a weak hit, so there will be a complication. I'm not really sure what that complication could be. But I think it's something like this guy is on his way off planet or off the, the settlement. Maybe go to the nearby planet. So Hicks is in a bit of a pickle. He needs to find this dude before he got a sh got the chance to leave the settlement. And to do that, we're going to roll a face danger. Because I envision that Hicks is running as fast as he possibly can towards the shuttle bay. Uh, pushing people out of the way, running over the streets, uh, jumping cars, uh, doing all these crazy things to get there as fast as possible. Face Danger says that when you attempt something risky or react to an immediate threat, and I think this is something risky, so envision your action and roll. And if you act with speed, mobility or agility, roll plus edge. So we're gonna roll plus edge, facing danger to get to the shuttle bay as fast as humanly possible. Hex got a 3 plus on edge, but I think that this is a crucial point in this chase. So he's actually gonna activate Firebrand once more. So Firebrand is one of his uh, assets that gives him a plus 2 when he tries to overcome obstacles, and I will call this an obstacle. So I have a plus 5 on the action die, so here we go. That's a 7 on the action die and a 2 and a 6 
on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So on a strong hit, you are successful, take plus one momentum. So we have plus one momentum putting us at six and we reached the shuttle bay before the ship that Grogmi is supposed to board uh, has taken off. So hopefully we get there before he managed to get on and before the ship manages to blast off into space. Oh, and we also lose one fire from Firebrand, putting us at a four. And I don't know if this is cheating, but I think that this is actually yet another milestone on the bow because we have kind of located where he is and I think that now the only thing that remains is to actually go and grab him. So I'm gonna mark progress on Rat Out the Mole once more, putting us at a four. Okay, so Hicks gets to the port and he locates the the shuttle that Grugni is gonna board to get off the settlement. So Hicks keeps running towards the, uh, the gate and he can see people are starting to move towards it so it can't be too long before it will blast off and I think he spots his target and milling about with the other individuals to get to the shuttle so I think this is time to try and secure an advantage so when you secure an advantage when you assess the situation make preparation or attempt to gain leverage envision your action and roll so in this situation I think we're gonna roll plus heart because I imagine that Hex is trying to command the guards to help him stop the living metal man that's trying to get off the planet. So he runs up to one of the guards and he says, Guard, help me stop that man! And because he is in a hurry, he's not waiting for a response, he just keeps running. Which means that we would just roll the die and see what happens. So here we go, securing advantage. So that's a 7 on the action die and a 5 and a 10 on the challenge dice, giving us a weak hit. On a weak hit, you choose 1. Take plus 2 momentum or add plus 1 on your next move. Uh, I'm going to grab the add plus 1 on your next move because I imagine that the weak hit means that the guard actually listens to him and follows him. So he will get kind of like a plus 1 as the guard helps him catch Grugmi. So Hicks just keeps running towards the metal man as fast as he can and he decides to run up and just tackle him which means that we're gonna use iron and iron is kind of Hicks's dumb stat he only got one in it so it's lucky that we got the plus one from the securing advantage so yeah Hicks runs up and he just jumps and tackles the metal man as fast and as hard as he can so that means that we enter the fray here we go That's an 8 on the action die and a 6 and a 2 on the challenge dice for a strong hit. On a strong hit, take both and on a weak hit, choose one. We got a strong hit, so we get plus 2 momentum, putting us at 8. And I'm in control, which is perfect. So Hicks runs in and he jumps up and he tackles the metal man right in the middle of the crowd. And... The metal man goes down, Hicks goes down with him, the guard is 
uh, coming up behind trying to uh, get the, get the people out of the way and I think that means that we need to make a new progress bar so I'm gonna name it fight Grugmi the living metal man and because he is a living metal man I think he's gonna be a dangerous foe now I think that Hex is honestly gonna try and reason with the guy first before it gets out of hand so we're gonna use a gain ground which means that when you're in control and take action in a fight to reinforce your position or move towards an objective envision your approach and roll and in this case we are negotiating with him so we're gonna roll heart hex is pretty good with heart he got a plus two so let's hope this works so hex scrambles up to his feet and he looks down at grugmi and he says grugmi stand down come with me and we can figure this out all right so here's the roll that's a four on the action die and a two and a five on the challenge dice for a weak hit so on a hit you stay in control and on a weak hit you choose one mark progress take plus two momentum or add plus one on your next move and in this case i think we're gonna grab the mark progress putting us at Two. So now the question is, what happens? I think that Grugmi scrambles up to his feet and he looks over at Hex and he says, I'm not going back and you can't make me. And then he gets ready to charge. But because we are still in control, even though it's Grugmi that attacks us, we are still gonna use this strike move. So when you are in control, and assault a foe at close quarters, roll iron, when you attack at a distance, roll plus edge. In this case, it's going to be a iron roll. That's a 4 on the action die, and a 2 and a 9 on the challenge dice for a weak hit. On a weak hit, mark progress twice, but you expose yourself to danger, you are in a bad spot. Marking progress twice takes us to a six. I think that Grugmi, he gets up and he charges towards Hex and he tackles him much the same way as Hex tackled him. But I think that Hex saw this coming so he's able to punch him a few times before they come crashing down back to the floor. However, Hex is in a bad spot so I imagine that the big metal man actually lands on top of him and is getting ready to smash his big fist into Hex's relatively small face. But here's the thing, we are at six on the progress, so I could decide to clash or I could make a gain ground move or I could take decisive action. I'm not gonna take decisive action because uh, a weak hit will count as a miss and a strong hit will count as a weak hit and I don't really like those odds even though I have a 6 on the progress meter so we're gonna skip that one and I just realized that we can't actually do the gain ground because you can only do that when you are in control and we are most definitely not in control. Hex is on the ground and getting ready to get smacked in the face by a big 
metal man. Well, it's living metal, so it's not really metal per se. It's still soft and squishy, but still, it probably gonna hurt. So I think our only option is actually to do the clash roll. So that's what we're gonna do. Here we go. Okay, so that's a 3 on the action die and a 9 and an 8 on the challenge dice, which is a miss. Uh, that's not good. And I can't burn momentum because I have 8 momentum and that still will be a miss. So on a miss, your foe dominates the exchange, you stay in a bad spot and you must pay the price. I can't remember if we have paid the price before, but basically what happens is when you suffer the outcome of an action, choose one, make the most obvious negative outcome, ask the oracle for inspiration or roll on the table. Uh, we are gonna make the most obvious negative outcome and I think that is that Hex gets smashed in the face, losing one of his health, putting him at a four. So Grugmi just tackled him and punched him and they rolled around on the floor for a little while and then Grugmi lands on top of Hex and he gets his fist back and he just punches him as hard as he can straight into the face and you can probably hear uh, the nose almost breaking, that crunching sound that echoes through the halls even though there is a lot of other noises, people are screaming and running around because well there's a fight breaking out right in the middle of a crowded spaceport. People are gonna notice. And this happens in like seconds, so the useless guard is basically just useless trying to get people out of the way. Uh, so yeah, he's not much help. And Hex is still in a bad spot, so I think we don't have any other choice than to do yet another clash. And we're still gonna roll on Iron because we are on the ground and being punched in the face, probably more than once. So there is simply no chance for Hex to get out his beads and do some damage with them. So yeah, here we go. And clash using Iron. Whoa, okay. This is a much better roll. We got a six on the action die and a one and a one on the challenge dice for a strong hit with a match. So on a strong hit, mark progress twice, you overwhelm your foe and are in control, which is brilliant for us right now. And marking progress twice means that we have filled out the progress bar, putting us at a 10, which means that we are soon ready to take decisive action. But first, fiction. So as they're rolling around on the floor and Grugni gains the upper hand and he smashes his big fist into Hex's face repeatedly. Uh, Hex managed to grab his dagger and turns the blunt side or the back side uh, around and he smashes as hard as he can into Grugmi's face, making him flinch enough so Hex manages to push him off himself and get on top on Grugmi. Hex then takes his dagger or knife or whatever the fuck it is and holds it up at Grugmi's throat. This is where we take the decisive action. So here we go. That's a 10 on the progress meter versus a 6 and a 9 for a strong hit. 
So on a strong hit, you prevail. Take plus one momentum. If any objectives remains and the fight continues, you are in control. But there is no more objectives and the fight does not continue. So Grogmi feels the blade presses gently towards your throat and he basically just gives up. He goes limp and all the fight just whooshes out of him. And Hex say, I told you to stand down. The metal man, Grogmi, looks up at Hex and he says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to happen. Hex relaxes slightly and he says, So, why did you do it then? Money. I had to. I needed the money. Hex looks into his eyes and he asks, But for what? What's worth all this trouble? I'm dying. I'm just trying to provide for my family after I'm gone. At this point, Hex relaxes even more and he steps off from the metal man and looks down at him, reaching out his hand and he says, I'm sorry, buddy, but you really have to come with me now. Grogmi, the big metal man, looks up at Hex, takes a deep breath, grabs his hand and lets him escort him out of the spaceport. I think that means that we're gonna mark progress on Rat Out the Mole, putting us at a 8, because we now have the most important witness in our custody and that just feels like a milestone to me, so we're gonna do that. So Hicks escorts Rugby to the police station and he takes him to Krull, telling Krull what happened and he also lets him know about the situation with the metal man, that he is doing this because he really needs the money so he can provide for his family. He, I think he, I think Hicks is actually trying to put in a good word to not be too harsh with Grogmi because I think that Hex can understand how it is to leave the family behind not being able to provide for them even though he never had a family himself I, I still think I feel that that that's something Hex would do because he tries to be a decent human being after all and I think we will end the session right here so thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you in the next one. Thank you for listening. If you like what you have heard, share this pod with anyone and everyone. Feel free to subscribe to the show in any and all podcatchers. Leaving a review is also very much appreciated. If you wish to get in contact with me, you can find me at sapsquest at gmail.com. Music by Diego Suarez and Tabletop Audio. Rolo's blessing be upon you and may your dice forever be in your favor.